Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seed's website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5. As Jill and Krista and myself, Bob Bosol, bring you the news and agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets, 13 first alert weather. We'll look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the farm show on Wax 104.5. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, if you liked yesterday, I think you're going to like today as well. Bob and Jill with you here doing the chores this morning. Partly cloudy in 51 and at the Welke Land and Cattle Company, they're going to take advantage of a little thaw in December, huh? They are going to. And they, it's nice to say they because them. <laughs> Darn kids are finally going to do some. <laughs> no, not that. Not really. They they do a lot for me, and they take care of a lot of things. But Kevin and Brooke are going to clean out the shed. Ah, that's good. Get all the poop out and put all the bales in where it needs to go. Ah, good day for that because it's going to change. But uh, yesterday, I don't, I don't know. Did you hear how warm it actually did get? I know the record high had been 49 degrees set back in 1916. But I know it had to get in the 50s yesterday. It was nice. Well, on my pickup, it said 52 or 53. So so. let's say we set a record yesterday. No, I don't know if we will today. We'll check with Mike Dandry over there at 13. First alert weather a little bit later on and find out about that. But, boy, it's it's nice in December, isn't it? It is, and it's it's warmed already this morning. It's 38 or 40 degrees. Yeah, it's 40 degrees outside the back door here this morning, but uh, that'll gradually go down. We'll be about 51, low 50s again today, and then uh, into the 30s we'll tell you more about the weather. But uh, the GAO issued a report on uh, crop insurance. (laughs) Not, uh, Not accepted very well by some of the leaders in Congress. We'll talk about that. Our balance of trade, and uh, you'll be heading to Wisconsin Dells tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to head down there for the 93rd annual Wisconsin Farmers Union Convention. <laughs> it's at the Chula Vista. A lot of discussions going to be happening, and we'll hear from the president of the Farmers Union. Yeah, Darren Von Ruden. He'll be uh, on the podium tomorrow morning, so Jill get his thoughts on where he sees agriculture and the challenges ahead. Also, a big report coming out today from the USDA. It's the December World Agriculture Supply and Demand Estimates. We talked about that yesterday. But, uh, again, the grain traders and others always take a shot at what they think those numbers would be. They think our ending corn stocks are going to be right around 2.157 billion bushels, and that would be our highest ending stocks number in five years. And, of course, you interpret that means our exports haven't been where we'd like them to be. We've got more 
in the bin than we'd like to have, or we'd like to have more on ships going around the world. So that number will be coming out today also for soybeans. Grain traders think ending stock numbers may come down to 242 million bushels, the lowest in eight years. We've had some uh, exports in soybeans. We also had a dry growing season. So, again, that's uh, some of the numbers, expected numbers, but we'll find out later on this morning. And uh, this report isn't so much for our involvement, but uh, the grain trade kind of likes to take a look at this because it does give an update also of production and supplies of corn and soybeans coming from South America. So that very important report, again, they're all important because they do give guidance to the markets or at least credence to the markets, up or down or whatever. And uh, we'll get that a little bit later on today. Also, we'll take a look at uh, something coming. You, know, you get all kinds of emails. Jill, you get emails like I do. I get a pile of emails. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of them are, okay, this, that, and the other thing's going on in South Carolina or Montana doesn't doesn't mean much to us. But I got one, and I, I just happened to look closer at it. It's Alltech. And Alltech has announced the Most Valuable Dairy Farm Employee Award winner. Alltech Wisconsin announces Dairy Farm Most Valuable Employee Award winner. And we're going to share that with you because it's uh, right down the road in Arcadia. So, again, we want to we want to share that with you as well. Plus, uh, what else, is there anything else on the calendar here this morning? You keep a closer eye on that now than I do as far as the Farmers Union annual meeting yesterday. Yesterday, I had a good day. I really did. I went over to the uh, the meeting, which I was disappointed. More farmers didn't show up at this meeting, a grain marketing meeting. And uh, as one farmer said, I don't, how come there aren't more farmers here? I said, well, I don't know. You tell me. He said, well, I'll make more money here today than I will out chisel plowing in my tractor, he said, I can't make money doing that, but I can learn here about crop insurance, about market outlooks and things like that. So uh, again, I won't say disappointing turnout, but I expected the crowd as he did. I expected the crowd to be bigger. That was a good meeting yesterday in Eau Claire. And then I was over at the Chippewa Valley Technical College for a panel with a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, our old buddy Zach from Tractor Central was there <laughs> talking to, and others as well were there. And uh, we had a good panel talking with the students about uh, careers, about uh, the importance of uh, studying in agriculture and uh, technology, how that's taken over. So even in this industry, so we had a a good discussion there. So it was a good day, and it uh, it was a lot of fun talking to the uh, students, a lot of students from our area. You know, you see those last names, and I know you, you're from Mondovi. How did you know that? (laughs) But, you know, you recognize the name. So it was a good session that the uh, staff, the agricultural staff at the Chippewa Valley Technical College put together, Brent and Adam and the rest of the gang over there. So I appreciate being asked to be on that panel. It was it was fun. Always fun to work with the students. And, uh, you know, they can't quite fathom. I said, you know, when I went to college in the late 60s and early 70s, and they look around at each other, I said, yeah, I went to college with your grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> so we always have fun doing that. But... Uh, but those panels are fun. So, again, uh, that was my day yesterday, among other things. So uh, we'll take a look at the weather. And uh, Jill, as we said, is going down to the Farmers Union Annual Convention, 93rd Annual Convention, down in uh, Wisconsin Dell. So, again, lots going on. But uh, I was to the point of asking you before I so rudely interrupted you, <laughs> is there anything else going on here in the immediate future? we got any more 
holiday celebrations or anything like that this weekend? Well, I wanted to mention that I went to Compere Financial yesterday. Oh, that's right. And- they got toured their new building and here in Eau Claire. Here in Eau Claire, it, there it's kind of a consolidation of the other buildings. There needed to be some work done on some of them. So and what does this mean as far as I mean we've had offices in Mondovi and different places? They are going to be centrally located in Eau Claire. Okay. But so many of the workers go out and about and visit farmers. Yeah, yeah. So they're not necessarily going to be in the office. This they're, will be just kind of a central clearinghouse? It, it'll be a base base point for them, but it's set up so nice and room for some expansion and um, just really a nice setup. And it's it allows for some meetings that can happen with farmers right Good. there in the building. Where is it? It's... Uh, Oh, it's kind of over by Holiday Inn and behind uh, Texas Roadhouse. Oh, kinda over, over, behind over that the, way. Up above the mall. Well, kind of, but it's over, it's more to the south. By Sam's Club, uh, Texas nope, other Road. Side Texas. other side of the road. Other side of the road, okay, but in that side of town. So. In that side of town, but right. very nice building. It's good to get in there and access, and it was fun to visit with them and have them show them all the things they've done officially open for business officially open for business but i do need to mention this weekend we have the cookie walk oh yes in cleghorn oh boy at the cleghorn town hall from 10 till noon 10 till noon okay and there's craft fair there too so if you need to get some more of those christmas presents you can wrap it up there but i know you always talk about stocking up on those Christmas cookies. I do. I'm on my diet, so i got to be a little careful. But uh, I've got a freezer, and I can dole them out a little bit at a time, and I've got some family coming for Christmas, so I can do my Christmas baking tomorrow. Cleghorn Fire Station at 10, 10 to noon. 10 to noon. All right, show up about 11 so I can get the first, first, <laughs> the first crack at all the treats. Well, I'm that's telling my... you what, if you want Christmas treats, that, I mean, they've got everything. And the families themselves bake these things, so they're homemade. Absolutely. And I actually talked to some of the 4-H members and asked what they were going to make. And this was a little bit ago, and they hadn't decided, but they were figuring on making a whole lot. There is a whole lot there. So, again, it's a fundraiser, good fundraiser tomorrow at Clegger and Fire Station. Looking forward to that. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And once again, as we said earlier, if you like yesterday, I think you're going to like today. This is the day when you want to volunteer to do the outdoor chores and then let somebody else do them here on out. But 51 today, partly cloudy. It's 40 already. 37 tomorrow. Maybe a few snow showers uh, through the area. I don't think there's going to be any accumulation, but just be aware of that. And then over the 30s, well, at least through Wednesday, partly to mostly sunny after we get through Saturday. So, again, a pretty nice December as we get closer and closer to Christmas. And, boy, what, middle of next week is going to be 14th, 15th of December and still no snow. But it it only takes one snowfall to make it a white Christmas. On Wax 104. I just had a thought, Joe. You know, yesterday I played my all-time favorite Christmas song, Christmas Carol, Little Drummer Boy, and what did you say yours was? You I had, just said I just like them like all. Around. I like all right. to peruse them. All right. If you got a special Christmas song that means something to you, and I don't mean Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, <laughs> one of those other silly things. I mean a real Christmas carol or Christmas song. Email it to us at uh, waxbob at gmail.com or farm 
at MidwestFamilyEC.com. All right, so Jill and I will get those, and we'll see if we can't get them on for you between now and Christmas. So uh, we'll be uh, willing to play yours as well. Just let us know. Hey, a couple minutes after 5 on a Friday morning, this is 104.5 FM, WAXX, Eau Claire. Here's some news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. President Biden spoke with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu yesterday on what marked two months since the beginning of the Israel-Hamas war. The White House said Netanyahu underscored the importance of the continuous and sustained flow of humanitarian aid into Gaza. Israel says its forces have encircled the home of the top Hamas leader in the southern part of the region, who is believed to be underground. Israel's security cabinet approved an increase in supplies in order to avoid a humanitarian collapse in southern Gaza. Time is running out to get aid to Ukraine. Republicans need to act in good faith and show that they're serious, and they're not. They're blocking the president's request for funding. That's what they're doing. That's what White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre told reporters yesterday. She called on Congress to quickly pass President Biden's sweeping supplemental package that includes aid for Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan, and border security. But Republicans are staunchly opposed to passing the measure unless Democrats agree to border policy changes that address the surge of migrants coming across the U.S.-Mexico border. South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham said that Biden is AWOL when it comes to addressing the crisis at the border. Hunter Biden is being indicted on nine tax-related charges, including three felony counts. Brian Shook reports. The charges were filed Thursday in a federal court in Los Angeles. Biden allegedly failed to pay and file taxes, filed a fraudulent form, and evaded an assessment. The indictment also alleges that the president's son lived an extravagant lifestyle instead of pay his taxes. If convicted, he faces a maximum of 17 years in prison. I'm Brian Shook. And a massive storm is set to impact the eastern half of the U.S. this weekend. Severe thunderstorms, heavy rain, strong winds, and even snow may affect millions. It'll start to take shape on Friday and really gain strength on Saturday, as adverse weather will stretch for more than 1,200 miles from the Gulf Coast all the way to the Canadian border. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, it's a good day to clean out the heifer shed because it's going to be thawing again today. But then it's going to cool off. So 51 and partly cloudy. So uh, get that done today because that's what Jill's going to do. At least her kids are. 51 and partly cloudy today. Tonight, back down to 32. And then over the weekend... We get back to more December, still not bitter by any means, still nice. It's going to be in the 30s, 37 tomorrow, maybe a few snow showers, but that's about it. And then 30s right on through, well, at least the middle of next weekend, but like Monday, Wednesday, going to be about 37, sunshine, so it shouldn't be bad, but uh, get some of those uh, winter chores done before uh, everything freezes down hard. And it's a pretty nice morning out there right now. The cool spots, Wausau at 37, Rice Lake, Medford, Green Bay all at 38, Wisconsin Rapids at 45, La Crosse 46, Madison, Sun Prairie, Milwaukee all at 45 this morning. And it's a nice 40 degrees outside our back door on a Friday morning. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we take a look at the markets on a Friday morning to wrap up the week. And, of course, uh, we've been following the cattle prices. They've been going down. Where are we at on a Friday morning for the cash livestock, Jill? Choice fed beef steers are 164 to 180 with mixed steers at 112 to 163. Choice fed beef heifers are 164 to 174 with mixed heifers 101 to 163. 
Finished Dairy Cross steers and heifers are 140 to 165. Choice fed Holstein steers are 151 to 165 with select and silage fed steers 110 to 149. Cows are 73 to 94 with a top of 126 with bulls at 84 to 117. Butcher hogs are 15 to 60 with sows at 29 to 39 and boars at 5 to 20. Shorn market lambs are 163 to 175. Feeder lambs are 105 to 350 and ewes are 70 to 115. Small goats are $5 to $125. Medium goats are 20 to $205. Large goats are 150 to $320 with nanny goats at 5 to $185. At the Mercantile Exchange, livestock futures lower cattle prices under pressure all week and yesterday as well. December live cattle one sixty two thirty five at the close down another dollar ten. February at one sixty two fifty two down a dollar two. April one sixty five ninety five down seventy two in June one sixty three sixty five. That was down sixty two. Mostly lower on the feeder cattle. January two ten twenty seven. That was up twelve. March at two eleven seventeen down fifty seven. April at two fourteen forty two down a dollar twenty two. May at two seventeen sixty down a dollar eighty two in August at two hundred thirty dollars and thirty cents a hundred down two thirty two hogs mostly lower December was unchanged at sixty seven fifty five February down one fifty two at sixty seven seventy seven April down a dollar thirty two at seventy four sixty two May down a dollar and a half at eighty two ten Board of Trade was higher yesterday some active exports this week and uh, that did put prices a little higher yesterday overnight though march corn down a fraction at 487 the oats up eight to nine cents at 370 march wheat down four at 638 and the uh, march soybean price up two to three cents sitting at 1333 this morning yesterday morning remember the beans were down to 1319 so a nice jump there Dairy markets couldn't stand prosperity. They dropped again yesterday after a couple of days of gains. Barrel cheese down two at one fifty nine. Blocks down a penny at one sixty two and a half. The butter was unchanged at two sixty seven. Class three prices down yesterday. December down six at sixteen twenty seven. January and February both down forty cents. January sixteen fifty nine. February back below seventeen dollars at sixteen eighty three. March down 38 at 17.37, and April down 20 at 17.80. So that's the way the markets look this morning, courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance. Talking about those Class 3 prices, today is December 8th, and the last schedule I saw was that the uh, federal milk marketing order hearings down in Indiana were going to wrap up today. We'll have to double-check and see if, indeed, that is still the same schedule but again, if they do wrap up, then it'll probably be out to oh, the middle of next year at the earliest before we uh, find out what they think about making changes. Uh, so we'll we'll find out. You know, the uh, processors want a higher make allowance and the other things involved in that. We'll see what they finally decide. But uh, again, early story that I had was that, that we had was that it was going to end today. But we'll double check and find out. Twelve and a half minutes after five o'clock. Crop insurance, GAO report. We'll look at that next. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 14 minutes after 5 o'clock on a Friday morning at Wax. And uh, Joe, give us the kind of the uh, headlines of what's going on with that uh, crop insurance report. 
Well, the Government Accountability Office issued a report earlier this week that was critical of how the crop insurance industry operates. DTN Network reports say the GAO report shows the 13 private companies that sold crop insurance over the past decade have seen an average of $13 billion a year in underwriting gains and other costs paid by taxpayers. The report also said a small percentage of the largest farms generate the largest profits for insurers. So with that information, the GAO is recommending capping insurance profits and expenses billed to taxpayers as well as setting an income means test for farmers. But that report isn't being accepted too well by the powers that be. House Agriculture Committee Chair Congressman Glenn Thompson of Pennsylvania said the report isn't worth the paper it's printed on. He told reporters that GAO uses inconsistent performance metrics in making comparisons about profit margins and they completely ignore the benefits of crop insurance, which Thompson said is one of the most successful examples of a public private partnership in existence and of course uh, some of the numbers gao used yeah, yeah they're they're big there's no question about it but again as, as congressman thompson said uh, crop insurance one of the best public private partnerships we have the largest one percent of crop insurance policyholders over 5500 accounted for 22 percent of the total premium dollars about uh, 2.57 billion dollars at least 19 farms had policies that topped $3 million in subsidies. But again, you're looking at economies of scale. You know, a 500-acre farm is a lot different than a, a 5,000 or 50,000-acre operation. So, uh, And it includes all kinds of different operations. These aren't just corn and soybean growers. They're, uh, well, they're all kinds of things, nursery operations uh, and everything else. On the smaller side, 57% of all policyholders, over 200, almost 264,000, added up to about 7% of premium subsidy dollars, or about $847 million. The average premium subsidy for those policies was about $3,200 per policy. So again, this is going to be scrutinized more. That's, uh, you know, as Glenn Thompson said, <laughs> it uh, uses kind of skewed numbers to uh, take a look at at what they're doing. And so it's going to be something they'll talk about before they put a new farm bill and crop insurance. But uh, again, pretty good partnership between public and uh, public and uh, political policy. Well, I saw this again uh, the other day, and I just kind of scanned it. And I thought, hey, that's in our area. All Tech Wisconsin is pleased to present the 2023 Most Valuable Employee Award to Carlos Galvin of Weltzine Farms down in Arcadia. I don't know if Carlos is listening this morning, but if you are, Carlos, congratulations. The award recognizes the value of a dairy farm employee with an exceptional work ethic who exhibits integrity and who engages in the responsibilities on a dairy farm in this region, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Illinois. Nominations are made by a farm manager, dairy owner, farm consultant, or nutritionist. And uh, he was nominated by the folks at Weltzine Farms. Uh, Alltech is proud to honor Carlos as the most valuable employee award this year for his hard work and dedication to Weltzine Farms for the past 17 years. Colin was nominated by his employer, 
Colin Weltsine of Weltsine Farms, and we know Colin around Wisconsin as a uh, former state FFA president. Yep, state and, FFA president. Did you hear the news? I did hear the news. He's engaged to Casey Dank. From Mondovi, who was also Mondovi. a state. So they're going to get married and raise little presidents. <laughs> That would be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. But again, Carlos Galvin was nominated by his employer, Colin Weltzine, and has been working on the farm for the past 17 years. He joined the operation as a milker when they made the shift to milking 180 cows three times a day. He still milks the morning shift. His role has evolved to be a jack-of-all-trades. And uh, I cherish the opportunity to work alongside Carlos, Carlos every day, and it's because of the quality employee that Carlos is, according to uh, Colin Weltzine. And our family can go to bed every night with peace of mind, knowing that our cows, land, and machinery are being treated in the best manner possible. Thank you for the opportunity to recognize the most important asset on any dairy farm. It's people. Nobody deserves this more than Carlos. So, again, congratulations. Job well done. Carlos Galvin, 17 years on Weltzine Farm. The only thing you don't tell me is what he gets for a prize. So I don't know if he uh, gets a cash award or all-expense-paid vacation someplace. I don't know what he gets, but but that's a great story. Carlos Galvin down at Weltzine Farm, recognized as the uh, Dairy Farm Employee of the Year in this region of the country. So, again, that's, uh, that's good stuff. All right, coming up on a Friday morning... We're going to talk about... uh, We're going to talk about Christmas trees. That's right. Christmas (laughs) trees. You got one yet? Well, we're going to find out if you got the right one. That's coming up here on Wax. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Christmas trees, it's definitely that time of the year. If you don't have yours up already, you better get at it. I always get a real Christmas tree in my house. I enjoy the smell. I actually enjoy the adventure of going and finding one. But I am lucky enough to talk to Derek All. He is partner at Northern Family Farms. And Christmas trees, you've got a lot. You grow a lot. Tell me, how you got started in the business? We do grow a lot of Christmas trees. So we grow over 100,000 trees. And I am actually third generation at our family farm. So my grandparents started it back in the 50s. And as a you know Christmas tree farm, they were commuting up from Illinois and then um, decided later to set their roots down in Maryland, Wisconsin. And it grew from there. So we started off with just a few Christmas trees and just kept growing and growing every year. And um, again, we were shipping um, over 100,000 trees all across the Midwest. Well, let's talk about getting those trees. When do you start planting them and how long does it take to get the mature Christmas tree? So we start planting them in the spring. So pretty much as soon as the frost comes out of the ground, we'll plant them bare root with a planter. Um, and then it takes about a foot a year. Is So if you have a you know eight, eight foot tree, eight years um, from when we plant it in the ground to harvest. And then when we harvest them, we'll typically start in late October, um, harvest them, and we keep them in a nice, cool, shaded area. Um, they keep really well that way. And then uh, they're shipped all, all across the Midwest to, to happy happy homes. And you talked about harvest. Is this mechanical harvest, hand harvest? How do you guys harvest? So we do everything with chainsaw. So it's uh, every tree is cut um, and we put a nice uh, handle on it, um, cut off all the lower branches uh, so it fits nicely in your stand. But that's all done with chainsaw uh, manually. So there's no mechanical process. And then we bail them up with a machine. 
um, so they pack nicer and fit, you know, on top of your car better and everything that way. But um, yeah, I read lots and lots of hand labor goes into Christmas tree. And that hand labor, are you able to find enough workers to keep everything going? We do. Yeah, we have a lot of local people and as well as uh, we are part of the H-2A visa program as well. Um, So they come up every year, um, mostly from Mexico and um, help us with our harvest. Um, Great, great group of guys and we couldn't do without them. You are a wholesaler. So these are shipped out. Any idea how many states you go to? Oh, we go, and I, I don't have an exact figure on all of the states that we go to, but I think it's out to North Dakota, down to Kansas, um, over to Ohio, Illinois, Michigan, kind of everywhere in between. So it's a big area that we're shipping to, a few to Colorado as well. So um, yeah, our trees are all over the greater Midwest. I'm going to get you back into the tree farming area of it. 2023, always seem to be talking about the weather. How did the weather and the dry affect you guys growing those trees? So plants are, trees are very resilient. Um, you know, it was a very, very dry um, July and, and August. And then luckily towards late September, um, we had, you know, record rainfalls that happened in, in uh, late September into early October. And the trees were able to, you know, grab all of that moisture and we saw no difference in the quality of the trees, maybe a little bit less growth than we normally see, but that's just a, you know, defense mechanism for the tree that, you know, to not overextend itself. And, um, but really we were really happy with the trees, no problems with quality, no problems with, you know, sizing or anything that way. So as, as worried as we were, you know, about it, um, the rains came in at, at the exact right time for us to have a, a healthy, happy tree for everyone's home. We bring up the weather right away because that's always a challenge. Any other challenges that you faced with growing those trees? Any infestations or anything along that line? Weeds are always probably the biggest challenge of, uh, that any farmer, um, whether it's trees or corn or beans, um, it doesn't really matter. Weeds are always taking extra excess moisture, um, you know, nutrients. So that's probably the biggest battle that we have um, with with trees, but. You know, insects uh, aren't a huge issue with trees, though maybe a few aphids here and there, but um, really it's uh, weed pressure is the hardest thing that um, that we have to battle. There's a lot of chemicals that other uh, crops can use that, you know, we have to keep off of our trees, otherwise it would hurt the trees. So it's a, a, that's definitely the biggest challenge that we have with Christmas tree growing is weed pressure. Well, and the challenge of weed pressure, what about getting the trees trimmed or during the summer months, are you hand trimming? How does that work? All of our trees, starting at about three feet tall, so about the third year that they're in the ground, are uh, sheared by hand. So uh, we go out every single year, and every single one of our trees um, from three feet on up um, has to be pruned. Uh, so we are going out with machetes, and it's all done by hand, nothing mechanical. So there's a it's a labor of love with Christmas trees, you know, from planting to harvest. Um, they are touched, fertilized, um, you know, every year, um, by hand. So that's where all of the hand labor comes in. And, you know, when you're talking that long of a crop cycle, uh, they're touched, you know, 20 times in their, in their lifetime in order to get, get them to a saleable, saleable size and in your, uh, build and ready for your home. And from being a partner at Northern Family Farms here in Maryland, you are also Chair of Real Christmas Tree Board for the USDA. What does that mean and what kind of duties do you have? 
So we're a checkoff program through the USDA. So much like other checkoff programs, um, every tree that is cut in the U.S. Um, pays 15 cents towards the checkoff board. And that money is used for the promotion and research of Christmas trees. So the board um, collects all that money. So we're responsible for collecting it. And then as well as disseminating it to um, promotion as well as research. And so we have different um, advertising campaigns that we run to promote the real Christmas tree industry. And then also um, on the research side, we are funding um, RFPs that are submitted to us every year from the universities um, for issues that growers are having or even um, advertising issues that they're having that we can do um, market studies of consumers and other other items that way. So we collect this money and then we decide how it's spent in the best way and try to do the best way to get the most bang for a buck for our growers. Well, I'd like to find a little more about the research. Any real um, insight on what research is going on out there for Christmas trees, more growth, resistance, or anything like that? Cones are one of the biggest things that we are researching right now. So every year... Fraser fir especially will have cones that we have to pick off. Um, they take energy um, away from the tree. So we're doing a lot of research on, you know, how to stop cone production of the trees. You know, what's causing it? Um, is there anything that we can spray with hormone um, to um, alleviate growers having to um, pick cones by, you know, by hand every year. And then also, you know, other insect pressures, you know, we are very niche uh, industry. So doing research on different uh, chemicals, um, you know, for insect problems, uh, there's, uh, I'm trying to think of other research studies that we've done, needle retention. So genetics is another area that we focus on, you know, with having a 10 year investment into our crop, you know, you want to be putting the best genetics, uh, your best foot forward when you put that seedling into the ground. So there's been a lot of uh, research on seed. We are actually working on uh, a genomic process um, or a genomic project, I should say, with uh, Christmas trees to try and get the best growing, best attributes, best needle retention so that the consumer has you know, the end result of a great experience with our Christmas trees. Who thought that that much research and, I guess, uh, attention to detail went into growing Christmas trees? But, uh, boy, I'll tell you, Derek, all family down there at Northern Family Farms, uh, they are, they're like, Dairy producers always wanting to find out more. Absolutely, and that's what I said. I, you know, we talked about genetics, and I know some genetics in cattle, and and I'm learning more about seed. But I had no idea that they were working on Christmas trees to make them so the needles don't fall out. Yeah. So uh, you know, and that's been in the family for a long time. Now I believe early fifties. I he think, said. No, I think Cal Frelk was probably his grandfather started that down there at Maryland, I believe. I remember going talking to him many, many years ago about the Christmas tree business. Well, Derek said he's the third generation, yeah. and he's got some little, so he's hoping there's a fourth. Well, they do a great job down there, and I've learned a lot about uh, all that. Who knows? They, they study hormones they and do. trying to get these uh, pine cones not to grow. It's uh, interesting stuff. So good stuff. Christmas trees. Get a real one. They're getting better all the time. 
Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We'll get the weather, but let's get the news this morning a little bit uh, earlier than normal. Mer, uh, Morgan is in the newsroom. I was going to say Marika, but <laughs> Morgan in the newsroom in the air. Morgan, good morning. What do you got for us on a Friday morning? Hey, starting locally, investigators in Eau Claire think they've solved a series of arson fires. Prosecutors yesterday charged 34-year-old Joshua Strum with seven counts of arson. Eau Claire police say Strum set a number of fires at local parks, inside dumpsters, and even at an Eau Claire bus stop between November 20th and November 30th. Detectives say he admitted to setting the fires and said the fire at a bus stop near Sacred Heart Hospital was tied to his mental health struggles. He's being held on a $25,000 cash bond. Meanwhile, the search continues as police in Altoona are asking for help finding the last driver involved in that multi-vehicle wreck on Highway 53 yesterday afternoon. That happened near River Prairie Drive. Officers were actually handling another crash. A second crash left the car on fire and sent a couple of people to the hospital. It's Altoona police that say a driver they're looking for sped away from that crash. More information in a Crime Stoppers link. If you can help, that's online, 715newsroom.com. Well, if you're packing up to send the packages, the U.S. Postal Service has announced shipping deadlines if you wanted to arrive by Christmas. Here's Brad Segal with more. December 16th is the cutoff for five-day shipping using USPS Ground Advantage and first-class mail services. You have until December 18th to mail parcels if you pay for four-day shipping, and you have until December 21st if you use the USPS's Priority Mail Express one-day shipping option. These dates exclude Hawaii and Alaska. I'm Brad Siegel. In headlines that bring us back to our state and onto campus, it could be a glimpse into the future, and what will the next few years look like at the University of Wisconsin system? Well, UW President Jay Rothman is scheduled to speak at a Wisconsin Policy Forum meeting later today about the future for our UW schools. Rothman has said for years that the university is in a war for talent, but he's also been clear about the financial challenges that the university faces. Last spring, he said all but three UW campuses would be losing money by the end of the school year. He's also been very vocal about enrollment challenges at some UW campuses. And you may be feeling the wallet to the wallet this holiday season, but you know who's not? Well, people whose wallet is, let's just say, a little bigger than ours, and that piggy bank they're sitting on is pretty porky. New figures from the Federal Reserve show that the top 1% of earners in the U.S. own more wealth than the entire middle class. According to statistics through the middle of this year, $38.7 trillion belongs to those whose income puts them in the top 1%. I'm Trey Thomas. Of course, it's not all about the money. There's something to be said for a hard day's work as well. And you do that in the barn. No better place to get that under your belt with Bob Bolsold, Jill Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax. 104.5. Thank you, Morgan. And speaking of making $38.7 billion, that's a good transition to a meteorologist. <laughs> good God, I wish I made that much. <laughs> well, you're close. <laughs> yeah, you got to uh, multiply my salary by quite a few zeros uh, to get to that. Oh, boy. Well, that's where I'm, you don't want to multiply times zero. <laughs> a bigger no. number would be better. Yeah, you got you got to add a few zeros, but you have to put something in front of well, it. Well, that's true. That's true. Mike Dandry over at 13 First Alert Weather this morning. I was just checking to see if you were awake. Oh, that's a, a good way to make sure I'm awake. If you told me I was making a billion dollars, I'd probably uh, be thinking that I'm dreaming. You wouldn't be here this morning, would you? Absolutely not. <laughs> not at this time. Well, we broke the record, huh, yesterday easily? Sure did. 52 degrees, and our old record was 49. What about today? 
I think our record today is going to be a little out of reach. Well, I, I keep saying that we're going to be on record watch, but it's likely out of reach because our record's 55. So oh, okay. Again, right. barring any drastic changes, it's pretty safe. But I still like it. I think that we'll all take this being that we'll have another day that gets in the upper 40s and low 50s. Though we'll have some cloud cover and we'll have those winds that get a little breezy at times, mostly out of the west. Still going to be another warm one, especially for halfway through December almost. Later on tonight, though, mostly cloudy, dipping to the low 30s. This comes as our next system brings us a chance at some snow showers tomorrow morning and early afternoon. Accumulations likely going to be pretty minor for the most part. A trace to a half inch in most spots. Tomorrow night, dipping to the low 20s. So more seasonable stretch takes us into the middle of next week as we'll have some sunshine to take us through most of next week. And temperatures mostly in the low 30s, mid-30s possible on Wednesday. But then by Thursday of next week, we'll still have the sunshine and winds pick up out of the south. And that'll be enough to push our temperatures back to the mid-40s. But right now, very, very mild start. 39 degrees right now with a mainly clear sky. Not so bad of a start this morning, Bob. No, I guess not. It's a beautiful start to the morning. Now, snow shower, not much accumulation, is there? No, anywhere right. from a trace to a half inch. All right. Well, this might be one of those years where we get a white Christmas about the 20th or 21st, and uh, we don't have to battle it before then. That would actually be kind of nice because, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, there's a song about dreaming of a white Christmas, of oh, course. Oh, is there? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> hey, Bob, that might have been around your time, though, right? <laughs> well, there's a lot of things around my time that <laughs> are fond memories for a lot of people. Hey, you have a good one. You too, Bob. I'll talk to you next week. There he goes. Mike Dandry over 13 First Alert Weather on Wax. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 20 minutes to 6 on a Friday morning in Wax, 39 degrees. We've got about 51 today, no record. And we've been talking about things going on. And again, remind us about uh, the cookie bake and what's going on in Athens this weekend, Jill. Well, we've got the cookie bake tomorrow, cookie walk at uh, Cleghorn Town Hall from 10 till noon. And that's a fundraiser for the Pleasant Valley 4-H Club. You got to beat Bob there because he sounds like he's going to bring home a whole bunch. And I always do. I have about <laughs> four boxes. <laughs> you know, those carry-out boxes you get in the restaurant, those big ones. Well, I, might. I fill them up. And the, the, some of the little girls, they found them. I can take that for you, Bob. <laughs> then they hand me an empty one. So they're good salespeople. <laughs> well, that's what they're there for, right? That's right. Exactly. That's right. So, And also, there's the first annual Athens Farm Toy Show and Craft Sale that's on Sunday, the 10th, and it runs from 9 till 3 at the Athens Community Hall. All right. So those two things, uh, take those in and lots of other things going on. Any Christmas parades or anything this weekend? Or are we pretty much caught up around the area? I think we're pretty much caught right. up around the area. All right. Good. And we've got more farm news we're going to take a look at. What we're selling and what we're buying. Getting out of whack. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, 39 degrees out there right now. And you think, oh man, that's going to be a nice day. We're going to have 39. No, the high is going to be 51. It's 39 right now, but it's going to warm up to 51. Then back into the 30s for the high Saturday through uh, out next week. But still, pretty nice December weather. Well, what we're buying and what we're selling agriculturally around the world... I don't like the trend, Jill. It's not good. No, the U.S. balance of trade for agriculture is trending in the wrong direction. For years, we had a favorable situation when it came to farm exports versus farm imports. But the last few years, that's changed, 
and it's expected to be that way again in 2024. New numbers from the Economic Research Service show our agricultural exports in 2024 will hit $169.5 billion, but that's a drop of $2.5 billion from 2023. Leading that drop are wheat exports, expected to be down $800 million, and foreign corn sales, expected to be about $500 million lower than this year. Overall, grain and feed exports are forecast to fall by $1.3 billion in the new year. On the other side of the ledger, our ag imports next year are expected to reach $200 billion. That's up $500 million from this year. 2024 will be the third year in a row that our farm imports have been more than our farm exports. And that's uh, one of the things we had a chance to talk to Dr. Corey uh, Walter from University of Nebraska. He was in Eau Claire yesterday for a grain marketing meeting, and we talked to him about these situations and how do you prepare your marketing plan on the farm for some of these expected happenings, imports and exports, because let's face it, uh, that really and truly does form a lot of the prices along with weather and other things. So again, uh, you know, it was a good meeting yesterday and a lot of farmers, like one guy said earlier, like I said earlier, I'll make more money here today than I would out dragging a chisel plow across the field. So these meetings are very, very important. So when the more of them come up, hopefully you'll get to them. All right, it's quarter to six. We've got uh, markets to get to. And uh, again, Jill, you're heading to Wisconsin Dells again tomorrow. You're getting to be a regular down there at the at the water parks. Oh, yeah, at the water parks. I'll be going down to the 93rd annual Wisconsin Farmers Union Convention, and the meeting starts about noon today, with the convention wrapping up on Sunday afternoon, with the announcement of the board elections and discussion of resolutions. And Saturday morning, tomorrow morning, is something I'm looking forward to. Is the address from President Darren Von Ruden. And we'll find out more about the agriculture and what he's expecting. And the meeting is held at the Chula Vista Resort in Wisconsin Dells. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's 13 minutes before 6 o'clock. 39 degrees out there on our way to 51. And we need to head to Altoona Equity and hear from Jim Lindsay. Choice beef steers and heifers dollar forty five to a dollar sixty one. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers dollar forty five to a dollar fifty nine. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers dollar forty six to a dollar fifty three. Choice Holstein steers dollar thirty eight to a dollar forty five. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers a dollar thirty seven and down. Top twenty percent of the cull cows sold from eighty to ninety two at a top of ninety five. Sixty percent of the cows sold from fifty eight to seventy nine. The bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from fifty seven and down. Eighty percent of the organic cows from Tuesday sold from a dollar to a dollar and a quarter. Bottom 20% of organic cows sold from 99 and down. Cull bulls sold from 80 to a dollar. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 140 to $315 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $140 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from 225 to $700 per head. Our next special feeder sale is this Friday, December 8th, starting at noon. We are expecting three to 400 head for this sale. We'll have a a lot of good long-time wean and vaccinated beef calves, as well as some bred beef cows and some Holstein feeders. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104 to check out our early consignments. Go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Agriculture. 
It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get over to Equity Stratford and talk to a patron of the arts, Jerry Fitzgerald. And you're going to the theater today, huh? Well, actually, it's going to be the Christmas concert for the elementary grandkids oh. up there in Athens, so that'll be interesting. <laughs> so, hey, we were talking earlier, and I, I played my, I don't know if you heard it yesterday, I played my favorite all-time Christmas carol, Christmas song. Have you got an all-time favorite? Um, well, uh, not really a traditional Christmas song. There's so many good ones, but oh, once in a while, I do like to hear Grandma Got Run Over oh, by Rain. Oh, jeez, I said a crap, <laughs> Clown song. I didn't say that was my favorite, Bob. I said I, the the grandkids really get a kick out oh, of that they when they do. come over yeah, here. I know, they, yeah. I know they do. It's a fun song, but I mean a traditional Chris. Mine is the Little Drummer Boy, and I'll bet they play the Little Drummer Boy. To, well, of course, I don't know. Everybody's got to be political correct now these times. But uh, my no, Little you, Drummer Boy is my all time favorite. You don't have. I don't have to be politically correct. I no, never am. No, no, <laughs> I know it. I know it. All right, Grandpa. Hope Grandma doesn't get run over by that reindeer on the way to Athens today. <laughs> Wrap up the market week for us. Well, the roads are pretty good, so, Bob, thank you, and let's get to some serious stuff here. Uh, thank you, Bob, and a good morning to everyone. A summary from uh, the, the way the livestock sold yesterday and this past week here at Equity Stratford. And uh, we'll start out with the cow market, uh, much lower on the cow market yesterday, uh, and uh, most of the livestock is, uh, is on a lower trend. So we'll tell the folks about it from yesterday, high-yielding fleshy Holstein cows in yesterday's auction, topping uh, uh, selling from 80, 82 at top of 91. Earlier in the week, uh, we did see some real highly, high yielding cows, extreme top at the dollar 10, considerably lower yesterday. Most of the cows that we sold yesterday sold between 60 and 80. Thinner cows, light carcass cows below 60. Organic market, uh, fairly steady this week on Tuesday, though. That's about the only positive thing. The organic cows sold from 140 to 147. Now we'll get back to the conventional markets on the fed cattle, also much lower this week. Choice grading beef steers and heifers, uh, selling Mostly from a dollar fifty-two to a dollar sixty-six. Charge grading Holstein steers uh, mostly from one thirty-five to one forty-eight. High yielding choice and strictly prime Holsteins from one forty-eight to one fifty-four. Uh, under finished cattle, select grading cattle one thirty-three and below. On the uh, bull market, uh, these are conventional type bulls. On the close yesterday, most of the bulls were selling between ninety up to one hundred three. Lighter bulls eighty-five and below. Calf market uh, fairly steady, a uh, little bit weaker toward the end of the week here, but good quality Holstein bull calves, mostly from 175 to 370 on yesterday's sale. Uh, Monday's auction, we did see a lot of those bull calves uh, over 400 up to a top of 450. Heifer calves, mostly from 75 to 120. Good quality beef calves on the close, mostly from 300 up to a top of 650. And that concludes the marketing week here in Stratford. Full marketing week on tap for next week. Including our next uh, next dairy auction will be on the 19th, but next week our next hay auction will be on the 12th. That'll be Tuesday. Our next feeder cattle sale on the 13th. So, um, folks, uh, if you've got cattle looking signed, let us know. We like to advertise them for you, and we do have a lot of uh, dairy cattle for sale on a private treaty basis. We invite you to take a look at that on our website, Equity Co-op. Click on the Stratford page. You will be there with all that. So. Bob, that's what I have for uh, you folks today. Uh, you have a nice weekend, and uh, Jill's going to be busy. Uh, she'll be down at the swimming, right at the swimming pool down there at the Tula Vista, right? Or- yeah, she's got a favorite slide that she likes <laughs> down there. 
Okay, well, that's good. And, uh, <laughs> and, and Bob, you're going to be busy this weekend, too. So a lot of stuff going on. And, folks, uh, drive careful. Corn harvest is pretty well wrapping up, I think. But uh, Yep, still be uh, careful because there will be more combines rolling today. A lot of dust out there. Hey, you have a yep. good weekend. Enjoy the, your day at the theater there in Athens today. Yeah, we'll always run into a lot of good folks, and the kids do a nice job. So that's uh, it's always good to uh, look at them. But like you said too, you know, you get to be uh, you get to see folks. Uh, you know, uh, like you said, <laughs> you were interviewing some folks uh, recently, and then you also interviewed their parents and grandparents. So. <laughs> oh yes, I have. <laughs> I've got a history, Jerry. That's for sure. You have a good one, Jerry Fitzgerald over there at the Equity Stratford Barn. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And the Board of Trade yesterday was a little higher. Active export week. Overnight, we had March corn, though, falling a fraction of a cent, sitting at 487 this morning. Oats up 8 to 9 cents at 370. March wheat down 4 at 638. March soybeans up 2 to 3, back up at 1333, where uh, we were earlier this week. Country elevators on a Friday. New crop corn in Loyal is at 408 with soybeans at 1248. Arcadia 413 for corn and soybeans 1253. Chippewa Falls and Connorsville. Corn's at 413 with soybeans at 1245. And on our DTN screen at Golden Plum today, corn is 438 a bushel at Baldwin and Elmwood. 418 on the corn, 1230 on the soybeans. Durand uh, and Mondovi both have corn at 413. The beans in Durand, 1220. Mondovi, 1225. Fall Creek, 408 on the corn, 1220 for the soybeans. Osseo's corn is at 423. Soybeans, 1230 today. Out at Elk Mound, 420 for corn, 1240 for soybeans. Sparta, corn, 422. Beans at 1216. Ellsworth, 403 and 1225. Ethanol plants, Boyceville, 430. Stanley, 428. Corn at the Richmond Grain Facility, 423. Barrel cheese fell to 159 yesterday. Blocks fell a penny, 162.5. Butter held unchanged, 267. Class 3 can't stand to prosperity. They went down yesterday after minor ups. We had some big drops yesterday. December was down 6, 1627. But January and February, both down 40 cents. January, 1659. February 1683, March down 38 at 1737, April down 20 at 1780, and prices were lower out through July. Well, another awfully nice day, as we said, to get out and clean out the cow yards because uh, all those uh, cow pies won't be so hard to get out of there. 51 and partly cloudy today. We're about 39 right now, and we'll drop back into the 30s starting tomorrow. But, boy, enjoy today. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi And the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadar. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com. <laughs>